Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Art of It All. I'm your host, Darius Simone Harper, and this week's episode features the incredible Sierra Britton. We discuss Sierra's work as an independent art curator and advisor, and more recently, her role as a director as she launches the first New York City-based art gallery dedicated to representing women of color artists. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. I am joined by the lovely Sierra Britton today. Welcome to the show, Sierra. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, of course. It's truly an honor to have you join us on the show. And I'm really looking forward to to chatting with you today. So for those of you who are not familiar, Sierra is an independent curator and art consultant originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and currently living and working in New York City. (laughs) Um, Sierra attended the New School, Eugene Lane College of Liberal Arts, where she graduated with a BA in Visual Studies. Shout out the New School. We also just realized that we fully graduated from the same school at the New School. So shout out Eugene Lang. Yeah, we got to talk more about that. And more recently, Sierra has launched the Sierra Britton Gallery, where she will serve as director. And I'm really excited to talk more about the gallery later, about your mission with the gallery, the work you're going to be doing. Um, Really excited to dive into that. But before we, you know, get into all the good stuff, I'd love to hear how you're doing today. Just a quick check in and how you're feeling, how things are going in your world. Yes, no, I I feel amazing lately. I've just been really neck deep in fundraising for the gallery and have yep. received a tremendous amount of support Incredible. and just great feedback from everybody. I mean, the New York community, people outside of New York, people outside of the US are showing love. Like wow. it's it's just a huge blessing to you know, feel received in this way. Yes. Um, because all of my work is very mission based and you really have to care. Yeah. Um, it's not <laughs> it's not an aesthetic type of like this is a very specific mission driven yeah. gallery. Um, and the gallery will be the I know we'll get into this later, but the Burton Gallery will be the first New York yes. City based art gallery yes. dedicated to women of color artists. Huge. So Huge. I, just, I know how passionate I am about this and the fact <sighs> that I'm receiving passion and positivity from yeah. so many people. Yeah. People that I'm familiar with and people that I'm just getting to know. It's just amazing. I'm very grateful. That is massive. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said that because that we we're gonna definitely talk more about it later. But yeah, I mean like Sierra mentioned, like the first New York City based gallery dedicated to representing women of color. Like that is a really monumental Thank step. You. And and yeah, like I'm I'm just really, really inspired and just amazed. So I'm really excited to to hear more about it. All right. Well, let's start out by just chatting a little bit about your background. I know you, you focus on visual studies at the new school. Yeah. And so, you know, in, yeah. in undergrad and college, all that stuff. But when did you kind of when did like the art bug bite you? Like when did you yes. <laughs> first kind of know like, I, wow, this is something I really love? I love this question so much. Well, I have a big family. So okay. both of my parents are one of seven siblings like they each have six siblings so i grew up with lots of aunts and uncles beautiful um and my uncle my late uncle marcus god rest his soul Mm. he used to draw all the time like when i say he would in my driveway he would do murals with chalk like like 
he would make like cartoon portraits oh or like a huge life-size ground mural with chalk and we would do it all the time and I didn't even really like connect the dot mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. knew that this was something that I was really interested in. and then I would take that and then to go to school and be you know sketching on yeah. the corner of my notebook or okay. whatever and then moving forward getting to high school yeah. I really took interest in fine art like okay. creating the art myself which is funny because I I'm not an do, artist okay I was just about to ask I was like I was gonna say do you still have a practice not currently I'm not a practicing artist okay gotcha. there was a point where I was nice making paintings Beautiful. like I actually have one of my paintings in my apartment it's in my closet That's um, so cool. <laughs> and I went to a private school in Baltimore City, um, okay. a Catholic school. Okay. And there was only a sprinkle of black folks in there. Of course. So with my subject matter, yeah. I really wanted to focus on women of color, black women in my work. Yeah. And at the end of my senior year yeah. of high school, they okay. wanted to do a trip to Italy to study historical European art from, I mean, all the centuries old and new. For sure, yeah. And I, I knew I needed to be there. Right, like I had right. never gone to Europe before, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. With it. I goodness. knew that, that would be the place that would emerge me into like this deep art historical practice. Absolutely. Um, so my mom and I went. It was a great experience. We stayed for a week and we traveled, oh I think, from gosh. South Italy to North Italy. Um, and... To be honest, I mean, navigating that space as a Black American was very interesting. Okay. Um, what, were, what were some of those experiences? To, well, even as like outside of art. Like, yeah, right. Just in life. You definitely see that we were aestheticized. Hmm. Like I had my big natural hair out. Okay. Everyone's like, who is she an R&B singer? Is she oh coming? Is she here for? And I'm like, I'm just a high school I- kid. <laughs> You're like I'm trying out here trying to look at some art. Yeah, of course, just like navigating the the different exhibitions and right. any black representation I would see would be slaves or maids or just 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 black subjects as background matter or as just not a priority um, when it came to the overall like representation of what I was seeing and coming back to the States, you know, when you're in school, you go to a lot of museums with your school, the educational thing. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget. um, My high school went to the Met and I saw a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. that I was seeing in Europe as far as black subject matter of, you know, slaves and maids and, you know, that existed that is a part of the story but that's not all of the story and when you think about the museum as an education factor you are learning like i'm i'm in high school so i'm a little older and i'm i'm reading up on this stuff but think about the middle schoolers that go to the met and they see this representation Mm -hmm. they are going to consume this and say this is how this is the only kind of take it at face value yeah exactly like this this at this time, this is all black people were doing. Yep. And that's just not the case. Me and you know that, but of there's course. a lot of erasure in our history. So and you can see it when you go into these spaces. And I had a really big problem with that. And I yeah. find myself, I'm a very passionate person. So yes, if I'm ma'am. passionately against that, yeah. 
it it's going to, like I I need to find a way to do my part. To, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't I, I can't change everything that of course. has happened. I'm one individual, but I can do my part. To yes, that's the important better part. Moving forward. Yeah, and so that kind of really shaped my mission. Okay, at a very young age to say I'm passionate about the visual visual culture in general, even outside of art, like well, how we're represented in spaces in general, on billboards, on the news, on, I mean, the Barbies that you buy when you're a child, um, everything that we're consuming, you know, like they all, all, it all really matters. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of where I began. Um, and then of course going to new school was a great experience. I shout out new school. Like Lang was the best school I've ever been to in my life. Lang was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was so many, amazing creative people there that yes. are now like doing monumental things in the, in the creative industry even outside of creative yeah. industry yeah. i did not know what a curator was until i got to lang okay i want to hear more about this i was going to ask you that too in your visual studies you know program what pulled you to that or what kind of made you land mm-hmm. on specifically curating and why you decided to to move forward with that Well, when I went to college, I knew that I wanted to do something that merged the arts Mm -hmm. with helping artists make money and have representation and be able to tell their story properly. My whole thought process was proper representation, which is still very near and dear to my heart to this day because of those experiences seeing other people tell our stories. Um, I really wanted to give the pen back to the artists to write their own narratives and tell their stories the way they see fit. And I did not know what a curator was until I got to Lang. So I didn't know there was like a role of people that were doing this storytelling. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a class at Lang called Practicing Curating. And I'm like, this sounds cool. And the great thing about Lang is they're all small classes. Like it's it's barely ever a huge lecture where the Mm -hmm. teacher doesn't remember Mm -hmm. your name. Like the classes that we had, it was probably like 10, 15 students. So I took that class um, by this professor. Her name is Natasha Lawrence. Shout out to her, um, who is a curator based in Harlem. Okay. And we learned about Selma Golden, and that is when my whole world changed. Oh. I, I was not the same after I learned about Selma. Shout out That's to Selma so Golden. Yes, shout out to Selma Golden. Biggest inspiration, the and girl. specifically, I studied freestyle. Okay. And I saw all of the amazing artists mm-hmm. that she championed who are now monumental artists today carrie james marshall can yeah. day wiley the list goes on right. and i'm like not only did i admire her work i found out that she was the first black curator at the whitney in mm-hmm. the 80s late 80s i think she was in her early 20s 22 and <sighs> then she moved on to become the director of the studio museum in harlem and i was I- like this woman is making history. Yes. She's putting her mission forward in these huge institutions that our culture really looks to, like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Whitney, the monumental yes. institution. Yeah. The Studio Museum in Harlem is a monumental institution. So right. for her to be at the top, really prioritizing her mission in this way and yeah. helping artists, I mean, not even just helping artists, but storytelling to the masses Seriously. in an institution like that. Yep. It was 
it just changed everything for me. I'm like, this is what you can, like, this is available. A, a position like this mm -hmm. is something that people do. You, like, this is possible. And I did not look back to that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, my goodness. It was, it was definitely a turning point for me. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that class, you know, new school at the end of some, the semester, you have to do this project, this big right. project, whatever that might be. Sometimes it's an essay. Sometimes it's a, like um, performance mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. it's a project yeah so different me, very different forms yeah we did a curatorial project in a book oh, so huge. the book so was cool. the space mm -hmm. the book of your choice you choose whatever book you want oh, the wow. book and the context of the book was the space okay. and then you could curate within that space whatever selected artworks that you wanted wow. so I chose Black Looks by Bell Hooks oh, which is a collection of scholarly essays from my girl Bell Hooks shout out Bell Hooks shout um out. about Black representation mm -hmm, in, the, mm -hmm. in visual culture so she's talking about art but she's also talking about magazines yes yes um, you know tv everything, everything visual yes and of course this ties back to my mission I'm like I, I love to look to scholars like her yeah. and and anybody else that's really thinking about this because mm -hmm. I'm 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 not the first person to be thinking about this and I'm definitely not the first person to be basing this idea around my mission. So mm -hmm. to go back to these writings was mm -hmm. very helpful for me. Yeah. I took that book, acted as the space, and then I printed out some artworks from amazing black artists. I had Adrian Piper, Kara Walker, oh Kara James Marshall, I believe. And I printed some of their works on yeah. transparent paper so oh. that when I when I taped it in the book, you yeah. could see the words oh. through the work. I love that. I lo I'm all <laughs> I about text. Extra credit and everything. The, the class was like, whoa, this is crazy. And it was That's just dope. like, it was like a book exhibition, but yes. it still meant so much to me to yes. be able to storytell. Like, like genuinely, we're storytelling here. This is a book yeah. we're reading. Yeah. Like the words on these pages that are talking about Black visual representation. And then you are looking through a Kara Walker silhouette and so seeing those special. words. Yeah. It just really was an aha moment for curatorial practice moving forward for me. Yeah. And I just kind of took that and ran with it. And I didn't stop curatorial work. Um, oh, my goodness. I was blessed with the opportunity to curate in a group show at New School, mm. working with New School's art collection. There was incredible. Actually, so the, the first work, it was, yeah. I think everybody in that class was assigned one artwork mm, um, okay. from New School's collection. And we put it in the Skybridge Gallery at the Yes, yes. Um, so the first artist that I've ever directly worked with was Willie Cole. Okay. Um, awesome. He is a sculptor and okay, I think he's a multidisciplinary artist, but okay. he's known for his sculptures that use high heels that create masks. Oh, wow. I'll send, you, I'll send you his work. But we had one of his chalkboard works at New School. It's called ART in the New World Order. And he was using ART as an acronym there were I think three or four sentences under that statement okay. with those like 
spelling out the acronym for different things that they can mean. I don't have the word in front of me, so I don't want to misquote it, but I got the chance to directly talk to him. I found his email, reached out, and I'm like, hey, I'm an undergrad student at New School, working with one of your chalkboard works, and I just love to get a direct quote from you so I can make sure I'm telling your story correctly when we put this information on the wall today. Of course. So this is not my work. Right, right. So, you know, what what is it? I'm talking to... Yeah, like I'm I'm talking to the community about your work, but I'm not you. So, so again, this this priority to really make sure that artists' works are being communicated authentically yes. from them. Um so and that that was another just signifier for me, like, okay, not only can I work with artists, I can talk to them, even if they're very established in their yes. career. Sometimes yes. they reach back out yeah. and like that's huge. <laughs> um so yeah, new school really did numbers for me. Okay. Um and that was my experience. Good. I love I love to hear that. And there's a couple things that you said that just really stick out to me. One is like this idea that we were talking about about the curator and you know, even the knowledge of that role as something as as a person that exists and it kind of just is making me think about that's kind of why I even in a lot of ways started this podcast is kind of to demystify and break open in some ways the different pieces of the art world that so many of us have musings about but don't necessarily know if if they're not in that world because it as we spoke about a little bit earlier is incredibly exclusionary in some ways so I think that's just like yeah. a really really important piece is just kind of this constant opening up and like transparency about just some of the different inner workings and and the different roles that one can take in the art industry. And then another is also this point about just representation and the different ways that, you know, we as for us black women specifically, but, you know, women of color or people of color in general, all of the different ways that we see ourselves and the different things that we consume. There was a, there was an exhibition that you curated that I really loved. It was Flo and Gala, photographer, yeah. incredible yeah. photographer. If you if you're not familiar with her, uh, listeners, um, that was I believe Flo's first solo exhibition that you curated, yeah. and it was it was called Harlem Ice was the name of the exhibition, which showed it was it's just inc- these incredible black and white images of figure skaters of young black and brown skaters, and I was like, this is so incredible. It just it was seeing these images of these young kids and like thinking about just a simple thing of like not ever having really seen any black or any, you know, POC, or I shouldn't say any, but not very many, um, you know, POC skaters and things like this. Yeah. And it's something that's like, seems so simple. But when you think about that and just how it relates to all of these different aspects, things like sports and entertainment and all of the things that we see and just kind of internalize. And when you're younger, especially that you're not thinking about, you know, so much of it is subconscious and, you know, eventually kind of learn to push back against some of these things. But I just love to hear, you know, all that you're speaking about in your mission, because those are two things that are incredibly important to me, too. Thank you so much for Absolutely. your kind words about the exhibit. Oh, my goodness. That was, I loved that. That was my first time, like, curating a show by okay. myself. Oh, wow. And all of okay. my other curatorial projects have been groups mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. or, like, curator yeah um so how was that for you yeah 
Yeah. So Flo and I met very organically. Okay. She walked into my old job, nice. which will remain unnamed because it- they are toxic and racist. Okay. Period. Okay. Shut it down. <laughs> yep. So she came in needing a phone charger or something or like okay. a computer charger. We had a whole bunch of those. Yeah. And I had no idea who she was. She had no idea who I was. Okay. But she's sitting down charging her computer and we just started talking and somehow it came up. She's like, I'm a photographer. I was like, I'm a curator. And at the time I was working front desk. So this oh was a very non-art job. This sure. Was, it had nothing Y'all to do with literally art. just came together. That's so wild. I love yeah. that. It, it was very much divine timing and yes. attraction. I think yes. we definitely attracted each other. But she was like, I love what you're doing. I, t- I shared my mission, my background. I think I was still in school when I met her too. It was okay. probably like my last semester of college before I graduated. And she was like, well, if you ever want to collab on something, let me know. I'm like, sure. We got each other's Instagrams when she was walking out the door. I'm Whoa. looking at her Instagram. She's a celebrity photographer. She's she, <laughs> so Flo and Gala is a photojournalist mm-hmm. and a celebrity photographer based in Harlem. I saw a lot of her celebrity work, mm-hmm. which okay. is in the hip hop space. Yes. She has worked with Grammy, Gucci Mane, a lot of really amazing names that we look to today. Megan The Stallion, yes. like all the her work is so people. incredible, so incredible. It's amazing. And then she has her photojournalism, which is very right. personal right. with her experience, her community. The Harlem Ice exhibition was birthed from a New York Times story that she did for okay. the, so she she was in figure skating in Harlem, which is an after school program based wow. in Harlem for young girls that are getting into the figure skating space. So she's graduate, she's an alumni from that program. So How you can special. actually call a, a figure skater turned photographer. <laughs> it's amazing. Like I've That's seen so her dope. actually spin on guys. She's fire. I love that <laughs> so much. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And the story got a lot of buzz in the New York Times, but she wanted to really make she wanted to really hone in on that story outside of just the article. Um, there were some photos that didn't make the cut for that article. Sure, sure. So that's how the exhibitions, Harlem Ice, the selects folder came about. So the selects wow. folders, the, the photographers select. Yeah, and yeah. her eye is of course amazing for her revisiting this space that she used to very much be present in and bringing her camera to the space to uplift these young girls. Like you yeah. said, we don't often see women of color and girls of color in the figure skating space. Right, right. Um, so for her, that to be her personal experience yes. and for her to prioritize them after the fact to tell their stories and really like put some shine on them was yeah. a really great, great way to storytell in this way. And, you know, it really meant a lot to me that, you know, we had just met in this coincidental matter. That for is her incredible. To be like, hey, I'm trusting you with my work so that we can tell this story in this space together. And it got a lot of really great feedback. We we didn't have, honestly, it was just Flo and I, like, okay, that's okay. It. it. We didn't have any assistance. Y'all just like made it happen. Any, we made it happen. Wow. We fundraised we, for cost of materials. I met the gallery owner by eavesdropping actually i, I overheard it. a yes. woman yes. she owns a gallery in brooklyn and i was like oh hey that's I just, what I i'm think talking I need about myself. yes 
So yeah, that was my first show that I've ever curated solely. And it was an honor to be able to work with artists. We're still very close to this day. That's amazing. Um, I'm a huge supporter of her work. Yeah. She's absolutely yeah. amazing. She just made Good Morning America recently. Yes. Like yes. shout out to Flo and Gala. Yeah. If y'all don't know listeners, please please follow Flo and Gala yes. on Instagram. Last name is N G A L A. Yes. Um, Flo. You will you will be absolutely blown away. That is so special to hear about specifically the way that you all made this come to be like that is just so so special like you said divine timing that's incredible yeah i'm a very spiritual person so nothing is a coincidence yes Yes, i I have a lot of moments like that i have a lot of moments right place right time which is great like i just follow the signs like honestly if if i'm doing something and i'm maybe i might be on the fence Mm -hmm, if i get some mm -hmm. kind of signal that this is where i need to be or this is what i need to do I'm going to do it. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask any questions. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm so it's actually, it's really interesting to hear that right now from you because I'm in a, in a space and and something that I've been leaning into for myself personally is just really, really trusting intuition. And so to hear you say that feels again, like such divine timing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning You were meant to hear that today. Today, right now. Yes. And I, I really lean on spirituality in a way where it's not necessarily organized mm-hmm. religion, but more so spirit, mm-hmm. like inside mm-hmm. of me, ancestors above me. Yeah. Doing this work for me is definitely in correlation with honoring my ancestors. Beautiful. Um, Black people have been through a lot, yeah. a lot. And Endless. I mean, we can talk about that for days and months, but you know, being in this space, being in this vessel mm-hmm. now, I'm mm-hmm. present and I'm alive. It's 2021. I'm in this moment. I'm I'm really, I'm really trying to do my part so yeah. I can honor them because in many cases they were not able to be as radical as we are now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this work is so important. It's like so much of our history has been destroyed and erased and that really does affect our community in a huge way we're doing a lot of unlearning we're doing a lot of you know radical just work in the community and ourselves within our own minds so to be able to collaborate with all of these artists and creatives it's it's great and it's a, a way that we are not only preserving our history, but making new history and making sure that that is told yes. um, to the masses to in the, the right masses. way. Yes. yes, absolutely. And that that preservation. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Speaking of the work and honoring ancestors, I want to talk a little bit more about Sierra Britton Gallery and the incredible plans that you have for what's to come. I want to share a little bit of data that I actually came across. I think you incorporated it in the campaign for the fundraising. And just to, you know, just to give an idea for those who are listening just about like kind of what we're speaking to, Sierra mentioned in the the beginning of our conversation how Sierra Britton Gallery will be the first New York City-based art gallery dedicated to representing women of color. So you shared that 80% of the artists featured in New York City's top galleries are white. Only 30% of these artists represented identify as women. 
even though 52% of the city's population is female. So just to have those numbers in your head, like that is very important, I think, to kind of put these things into perspective of why it is so important. And we know that already. You know what I mean? We know from our life, from our experiences, from history. Right. Um, right. We know. <laughs> and yeah. I think to see, to see it also in this additional way, it makes it very clear like the work that is still it's to be shameful. done it, it's very it's, shameful and so yeah, yeah when i was looking at when i was looking at these numbers and just reading through some more of you laying out the issue at hand and how sierra britain gallery is positioned to kind of to kind of work against that and just kind of to be this really important space i was really moved and it was really special to me to to see that so i would love to hear from you a little bit about how this gallery will continue your your mission because it's clear that like this is not just a launch like this is an accumulation this is a building of what you've been pouring into absolutely well thank you for bringing that up because that is sure. one of the huge reasons that this representation is so important the mm -hmm. current statistics are super shameful i mean new york as a pillar in the art community in the world even yeah. outside of america people come from all over the world to come specifically to new york yeah. for the art experience whether that be institutions like museums or art fairs that happen such as the armory or you know whatever the case new york has always been a very huge focal point in the arts and the fact that when you come here in most of the work that's available to see in these spaces are of white artists. Not only does it harm the representation for women of color artists, but it also harms their ability to sustain their practice, sustain yes. their lives here. People don't even know that they exist because they they don't have the platform other mm -hmm. than Instagram. So, so Instagram has been a huge way for artists to get their work out. And before COVID, that was a little problematic because you, you can only imagine how many people have an Instagram, account, right. let alone finding the artists, like people post on Instagram every day. There's seriously, I, I can't even imagine how many people are on there. So, yeah. but COVID did have a turning point where art became more virtual. Yes. There weren't any shows for, I mean, at minimum six months, mm -hmm. there were no exhibits. There were no fairs. There were no nothing mm -hmm. other than the internet. Yeah. And, I think that that has definitely revolutionized the art market in a huge way. Yeah. You can see more people collecting online without seeing the work in person, is which true. is helpful for artists that don't have representation because again, they have their autonomy there where they can post when they want, they can post what they want, yep. they create their own pricing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now that the world is opening up, people are coming to New York in huge numbers to get this art experience that I mentioned earlier, right? Like to see the fairs, to see the shows that are up right now. Studio visits are a thing again. But when you don't have women of color prioritized on these mini rosters mm -hmm. and these galleries, these people come to New York, they see this work, they leave. They're, they're not really, they're not really exposed to these especially emerging women of color yeah. artists because that margin is so small and with Sierra Britain Gallery 
the dedication and the mission there is to not only show and exhibit works from women of color artists, but also uplift them as the community and Absolutely. be a space where they feel seen. Many okay. times, I'm sure you've had this experience as well. You walk into a gallery in Chelsea, no one even looks up to say hi to you. It happened um, yesterday. Maybe they, did it really? Mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's it the word. I've gotten, I've gotten a lot mm -hmm. of people just being like, girl, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. This is our experience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even with when artists are trying to get that representation, a lot of times they get that too. I really have the intention for this gallery to see us come in the space and feel seen, not yeah. only through the work, but also from the staff and feel like you belong here, feel like there is a priority here yeah. and going back to not just exhibiting the work, but also having programming that yes. is dedicated to uplifting the community. I want to have panel discussions. Yes. Dialogue is a huge part of art. We wouldn't have art if there was no dialogue. And there's so much, especially in the space we're in right now as a yeah. society, there's so much to talk about. So many communal experiences that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. I think that when we come together in dialogue and we uplift each other's voices and prioritize each other's voices yeah. something really beautiful comes out of that and then you look at you know historical collectives like the spiral art group yeah, which yes. emerged i think in the 60s 70s i think um, yeah i think spirals are 60s like like maybe late 60s in the early 70s mm -hmm. yeah yeah um of black artists in dialogue well i mean with context there, there that was a predominantly male art group, but still with the same idea of we are Black artists, we are in this space, we right. are telling these stories and yeah. creating this work. Let's let's keep the dialogue going. Yes. And there's a lot of contemporary collectives that are like that even now. I mean, you yeah. see, I'm from Baltimore, you see a lot of Baltimore artists linking up, yeah. doing shows together, yeah. curating with each yes. other. Like there's a lot of, young talent coming yeah. out of the DMV in general, which is a great thing to see. And For then sure. even coming back to New York, mm -hmm. collectives like Art Noir, which is a nonprofit made up right. of black and brown creatives. Mm -hmm. I worked with them for a little over a year oh, great. as their coordinator, Beautiful. coordinator and social media curator. Nice. And with that, we've done tons of online programming mm -hmm. in the midst of COVID when artists weren't able to show anything in person. Yeah. We did this series called Virtual Visits. Every Thursday, we would let an artist take over our Instagram live yes. for 30 minutes, give us a studio tour. And then from that, not only are we amplifying their name and their work, mm -hmm. but they are able to talk to the crowd, the audience, answer questions directly, yes. show some of their work in progress that mm -hmm. might not have been shown in mm -hmm. otherwise, introduce them to potential new clients. Yeah. So we're just, all of these collectives are, I think, grounded in the intention to do their part. Yes. I think that's, I think all of us are doing that. Yeah. Like, like you said earlier, there's an ecosystem in the art world. Everybody has a part to play. Yes. Do your part. Yes. You know what I mean? Do Lean your part. In. Be intentional about mm -hmm. it. And great things can come from mm -hmm. that. I mean, even I know you interviewed Antoine Sargent. He's one of my biggest influences yes. and inspirations. Antoine's great. I mean, him taking on that role at Gagosian is a huge deal. Yeah. I love to see him in that space. And I'm also yeah. a huge fan of his curatorial work. Yeah. So 
him doing his part with yes. a mission in mind, intention mm-hmm. in mind. It's not just, you know, let's get this bread and let's like yep. put some work on the wall. It's no, like no, it's... how do we storytell and yeah. who are the artists that we're looking to, to to see how our future might be laid out or how mm-hmm. our present moment is being articulated visually. I think everybody is really getting in their bag right yeah. now, which yep, I love. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, so that's beautiful. the intention so for Seaford Gallery. Ah, oh, incredible. And I love I love what you're saying too, just about this idea of like future and present. I think that's another really important piece of the um, the intentionality, this really beautiful like focus and care for the future and what future generations will have. Like we have to do our yeah. part, like you said. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the artists on your roster? Absolutely. So of course, Jewel Ham. Jewel Ham is a painter. She is amazing. Her skin tones in her paintings are mostly red tone, and that's mm-hmm. because she's signifying bloodline, which I just blew my mind. Um, I actually met Jewel virtually, okay. I think, in the beginning of this year, and then we met okay. in person not too long after that. We really nice. hit it off. So there's also Amy Amalia, who yeah. is also a graduate from New School. Um, oh my Parsons. She got her MFA there. Lovely. She's Guyanese American, and she is also a painter. Okay. There's another drawer slash painter, multidisciplinary artist named nice. Brie Andy. She's from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, based in Brooklyn. Beautiful. Yeah. She she works with charcoal and pet sell a lot and she's now moving her practice more focusing on oil painting and then we have Flo and Gala of course the photographer from Harlem that we had mentioned earlier and for me the the roster right now is growing it's small but that's very intentional because when you're working with an artist especially Mm -hmm. long term it Mm -hmm. really is like a relationship like a marriage (laughs) joanna bellarado samuels has said in some of her interviews shout out to joanna bellarado samuels she's the director at jack shane gallery um and she's also one of my biggest influences incredible working in the arts but yeah working with artists is a huge commitment and i'm thinking about that relationship It, it has to be authentic for me and the artists as well we have to be able to work well together and also support each other in certain areas. Like for me, I really want to support artists in a huge way outside of, you know, showing the work. I also am huge on, you know, advocating for artists to apply to these different grants. I have a whole mm. grant database. I'll send Very those important. out. If there's any opportunities outside of the gallery, outside mm-hmm. of my projects, I'll swing them that way as well. Um, I'm thinking about, I mean, even, I don't know if this happens with other galleries, but monthly stipends for artists is a huge deal for me because the cost of materials to make artwork is a lot. That is so dope. there is no art if you can't buy stuff. You can't get materials, right, (laughs) right. It's um, expensive. Yeah, it's a huge expense. Canvases, like, I mean, if you're stretching your own canvas or if you're buying it already stretched, like these these are things that, collectors are not always thinking about or mm-hmm. art viewers are not always thinking about like you have yeah. to spend money to make the work yeah so i'm thinking about support in that way as well so right now the roster mm-hmm. is a small roster but it will nice. be growing as yeah. time goes yeah with you know me meeting new artists that i might not currently know i mm-hmm. mean i i plan on traveling a lot moving forward to meet more art communities like i've been in new york Wonderful. since 2014 mm-hmm. and 
I have met a really um, like a huge group of people in the creative realm, even outside mm-hmm. of artists in the city. Like, yeah. I had to get out of the city as well. <laughs> like there's so much talent yes. outside of New York, yes. outside of the US. US like, yeah. There's so much talent everywhere. I hear and that. I really want to do my, like, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. do my part in that way where mm-hmm. I'm making these sustainable relationships yeah. and helping artists in this way yeah. of giving this platform specifically in New York, which yeah. is such a monumental place to experience art. There, there are artists everywhere that, Seriously. you know, could be a great fit for the gallery. Yeah. And if you're hearing this and you're an artist and yes. you want me to see your work, go to my website. Yes, please follow Sierra and please reach out. Y'all make sure to look in the description and the episode notes. You will find all the info you'll see instagram website and also another important thing that i wanted to note is there's still time to donate or if you're not able to donate Mm -hmm. share and you know with your networks the fundraising campaign so that will also be in the description box so that folks can can have that link and and share out with their networks and social media or just folks you know like definitely want to make sure that 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 is getting plugged yeah i actually just it's a deadline for okay. the fundraiser until the end of October. Okay. So there's plenty of time Beautiful. to donate. Beautiful. There's some rewards in there as well. So okay. A curated lookbook that you can get for me with available artworks. There's That's a reward so for an early bird VIP preview of the gallery before the inaugural opening. Take a look at the page. You'll see all of that information. Well, it was so incredible chatting with you about the gallery. I, I'm beyond excited before we go i always like to ask if there's anything in your head right now whether it be an artist an artwork maybe a show that you saw recently but something that kind of has just been like stuck on your mind that's a good question because i i always have a lot of content in my brain yeah yeah (laughs) as far as shows i'm Mm. really well, it's a little ways away from the city, but okay. Jack Shaman Gallery School mm-hmm. in Kinderhook, upstate, they have a show curated by Helen Molesworth right now. Helen Molesworth is a curator and a writer, and her work has really inspired me over time. Beautiful. Like, she is, she's a woman, I think she's based on the West Coast. Okay. But her work, it's called Feedback. At feedback. The, yeah. That's, and it's a group show. Okay. Great. Um, feedback at Jackson. It's at the Kinderhook location upstate. So if you're willing to take the train or drive up like three hours from the city, yeah. I'd highly suggest it'll be up until be October. And I plan on taking a day trip up there soon. Nice. So that, yes. that show, just from what I've seen online, been definitely on my mind lately. Okay. There's Karen Davis's work in there. Um, Diedrich Brackens, um, a whole bunch of Uh, other really amazing artists that are really, there's a Carrie James Marshall in there. mm. So a lot, a lot of really fire pieces in there that I would love to experience in person. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. I definitely think I'm going to try and and make a a day trip out of that. Wow. Well, thank you so, so, so much. It has been such a pleasure. It is (laughs) been wonderful to speak with you having me absolutely absolutely and this is just the beginning everyone please do what you can to support if you're not able to donate please share the fundraiser is going through october so we definitely want to make sure that we can you know support as a community thank you 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me on my first podcast ever. Yes. Shout out. Yay. I'm so grateful. So, so grateful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Art of It All. I am so grateful for everyone who could tune in. Check out the episode notes to follow Sierra on social media and to learn more about how you can support and donate to Sierra Britton Gallery. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to The Art of It All wherever you're listening. See you next time.